Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you for listening to this show today. We've got a good one for you. As Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast will join us on the program to preview the Duke football game tomorrow versus Kansas. Locked on Blue Devils is a daily Duke athletics podcast where we are live weekdays bringing you the latest and greatest news and headlines around our Duke Blue Devils. If you haven't done so already, follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Be sure to follow and subscribe to Locked on Blue Devils for free wherever you get your podcasts. Let's not waste too much time here. We'll go ahead and we'll take a quick break. When we come back, Josh Cox joins the show right here on Locked on Blue Devils. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar, celebrate the freedom of choice with all of their amazing flavors. Did you know that they had so many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well then you're missing out. Coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream. That's just to name a few. You know what my favorite flavor is? Well, it's definitely cookies and cream. It's so good. It's healthy, covered in 100% chocolate, and yet I've got so much energy after eating it. That is 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Wow, that's awesome. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, they're healthy too. Order today and you got to try the new flavor. It's Grasshopper Cookie. It's a really good one or just order whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the United States track and field team. Isn't that great? Getting ready for some Olympics, track and field events and that sort of thing. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, Built.com, promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E. D15 for 15% off your next order. Welcome back into the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. JJ Jackson here, joined today by Josh Cox from Duke Football Talk in the Section 17 podcast. Another week in a row of Duke Blue Devil victory on the football field, and we'll take a look at the upcoming game for Duke as well. Josh, how are you, my friend? Hey, doing great, man. Doing much better after Duke got that win. I tell you what. Yeah, no, we talked about it last week and uh, went through some predictions and that sort of thing. And of the bunch, you were the only one uh, that thought Northwestern would walk away with the victory. But you were so happy to be wrong. Hey, you know what? That that was uh, a great pr- price to pay. If I can pick them to lose every week and they actually win every week, I'll be a happy fan. But, yeah, I did uh, eat crow there. I mean, it was on the recording, the whole deal. I was the guy who picked us to lose. And um, you know what? I, I, like I said, I would love to be wrong every week by picking us to lose and us actually winning the game. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about that game. Duke and Northwestern. Duke wins thirty to twenty three. I've talked about it a good bit throughout the week, but I want to hear from you. Let's start negative first and then get to the positives. What stood out the most in the second half, aside from the fact that Duke did not put any points on the scoreboard? Yeah, I actually believe it started um, about three quarters of the way through the second quarter. Uh, we began to see our defense go more vanilla. That touchdown drive we gave up, we literally played off the ball. It, it just wasn't the same energy. 
Um, and then on offense, we came and ran – we just ran the ball and ran the ball, which was fine. Um, but we just there, – there seemed to be that lack of like a uh, – you know, just, just, we were lacking something. And then, you know, you try to turn it over in the, in the second half and get that energy back, and it just didn't happen. And so the negatives there, honestly, I'm not even sure if that's player uh, issues. I think that might just be part of the leadership – and I think we did that a little bit too early. And I think Co- Coach Cut is a nice guy, and sometimes he can be too nice. Um, but I think I don't think we need to begin to take the foot off the gas at all. You know, I don't think until the end of the third quarter, into the fourth quarter, um, if we're if we're up big. Um, but I will say on the negative side, I mean, in football, man, once you start down that uh, that that momentum or the lack of momentum, man, it can really build quickly. And we saw that with Marty, their quarterback, coming in um, and playing really, really well. And I'll be honest with you, only him going out after Dwayne Carter hit him and stripped him um, after that run, uh, man, if he stays in the game, I don't know if we're sitting there talking about a Duke victory, just to be honest with you. Josh, urgency, I think, is the word we hear often in sports. And it was, it was almost like there was a lack of urgency, like you're saying, part of the way through the second quarter and then certainly there in the second half. I, I still found it interesting – that in the post-game press conference, David Cutcliffe was quick to say he's still counting this as a fourth-quarter victory for his team, despite the fact they led the entire game, because in a way he was that worried about giving up a lead like this and having a heartbreaking loss. Yeah, I mean, I will, I will give the credit here. Uh, when we had to make a stop, we made a stop. When we had to get a first down, we got a first down. Uh, that last play, the offensive line just standing up strong, giving Gunner five seconds or more <laughs> in the pocket. Eli coming all the way across the field and making a difficult catch. I mean, that wasn't wasn't an easy catch. Uh, so we did make those game-winning plays in the fourth quarter that we had to make. But my thing is we shouldn't have had to make them. And that's where I believe, you know, this should have been a second-quarter victory um, and we should have just kept the foot on the gas through the third and fourth quarter, and we would have never had to worry about it. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, I get it. Yeah, we were put in a bad situation in the fourth quarter, only up 10, um, and wound up winning by seven. So, yeah, it's a fourth-quarter victory, but it never should have been. Spin it a little bit more positively. So let's go to the good things that Duke was able to accomplish on Saturday. Going into the contest, we talked about the defense uh, was a little bit underwhelming. They forced five turnovers on Saturday. That's got to be one of the biggest takeaways for everybody. Yeah, we we really hadn't got to the quarterback this year. We had not forced one turnover this year. And, yeah, the stats say we had five. I think all Duke fans would say we had six. I think Josh Blackwell had a an interception that was called back <laughs> for a, a phantom defensive pass interference call. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, Lummy Young set the tone not only with an interception but with a strip sack. Uh, there and I believe they were in the red zone or they were very close to the red zone when he got that strip sack. Um, ben Fry, I believe, had two different fumble uh, recoveries. Dwayne Carter was all over the place. And then we had uh, Lenny Johnson and Jeremiah Lewis get interceptions. That to me, when you get that first one, I feel like maybe the defense was just needing to get over that hump because it felt like they got the first one and then they just kept coming. Now, I will say the three interceptions that we did have, Hunter Johnson, I mean, he – 
he did put the ball right in our bread yeah. basket. I mean, it wasn't – we just had to turn around and find the football, which, hey, in years past, our DBs have not turned around to find the football. So we did do that, but we were the beneficiary of Hunter Johnson's inaccuracy for sure. But, man, it was awesome to see us turn them over so often. Uh, that defense deserved that after, after two weeks of really not being able to break through. And that was just really, really good to see. Let's talk about those fumbles. We had a, a strip sack defensively, and then Dwayne Carter running what felt like 100 yards for a D-tackle to, to go and strip the ball away. We've said it on our podcast all season. Dwayne Carter's the heart and soul of that defense, and um, that guy hustles. He is around every single play. I think you mentioned it last week. Being an interior defensive lineman, you don't always get those numbers and those stats. They don't always show up in the tackles. They don't always show up in sacks. But, man, he he can demand a, a double team, you know, that frees up a linebacker yep. blitz, or he can take on a couple of different guys and it frees up Shaka for the tackle, all those types of things. But, man, to watch him chase the quarterback, you know, 15 to 20 yards down the field, catch him, strip him, and that was – I mean, they were they would have gone in and scored there and they would have been within three points um, had he not done that. And, uh, man, I can't say enough about Dwayne Carter um, and his leadership and just his hustle on the field. And then Lummy Young, someone that uh, obviously you mentioned with the, the interception that he had, had tackles for a loss. I mean, the guy was all over the field. And, and really, as uh, some people might be getting into Duke football more and more this year, that's a name they probably aren't as familiar with. But he's just as important of a contributor as someone like Josh Blackwell or someone in the back end, Leonard Johnson, that you hear a little bit more about. Yeah, Lummy Young, uh, if he can stay healthy, that is Lummy Young's. That's been his, his Achilles uh, heel his entire career here at Duke is that we typically only see Lummy Young for five or six games a season. If Lummy Young can stay healthy, um, I, think, I think he is a major, major force for our team. I believe you see him maybe break into the All-ACC conversation um, if he continues because uh, between uh, he and Jameric Woods playing safety back there, Man, they, those guys really, um, those guys really can stuff the stat sheet. They get down to the line of scrimmage, um, and I, I mean, his 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 game is awesome. I mean, Lummy hits hard, um, and just is a great energy guy. And like I said, if we could have him for the entire season, um, and he could stay injury free, I believe that you're going to start seeing him become more of a household name in the ACC. No doubt about that. Josh Cox is joining us here on Lockdown Blue Devils today from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast talking about Duke's victory over Northwestern. Offensively, Mateo Durant, Gunnar Holmberg, the two big names for the team, uh, Jake Bobo as well, over 100 yards receiving. Talk about some of those positives we saw offensively. Yeah, first of all, that was Jake Bobo's first career 100-yard receiving. You love game. to see it. You do, you do. And, you know, and Jake, once again, speaking of Lumma Young's injuries, Jake Bobo's been a victim of not staying healthy his entire career. If he can stay healthy and obviously – he and Gunner have a camaraderie. Um, I believe some of it was uh, was formed over this offseason. They went to the Manning camp together, um, and they seem to be legitimately good friends off the field. Um, and so he's definitely a target. And if people are going to continue to play off of, of Jake and give him those, you know, seven to ten yard receptions all the time, I think we're going to continue to take advantage of it. Uh, I think defenses are going to have to do something different uh, when they're defending Bobo or he's going to have – 70 to 100 yards of receiving every single game if they continue to play him like he's been played thus far. 
Um, Mateo, man, what more can you say? He did fumble the ball two times on, on a negative there. Um, and I'd say one of them was a bad fumble. Um, but I tell you what, can you imagine the, the first fumble? He was heading into the end zone. Yeah. We would be sitting here talking again about a three-touchdown day for Mateo Durant if he doesn't fumble that football. And so I think that was a fluke. I, it's, he's not really been the kind of guy over his career uh, that's let the ball hit the ground much. <clears throat> I don't think he will continue to do that. Um, once again, he's just steady. I mean, over 100 yards again on the ground, a receiving touchdown out of the backfield. We can't ask for anything more from Mateo Durant. That The guy has been incredible. He is tied for the lead in the nation right now, non-quarterback uh, total touchdowns. Obviously, there's been some quarterback play uh, that's been pretty incredible. But as far as a non-QB, he's tied for first in the NCAA right now for total touchdowns. Um, and that, I mean, you can't say that's just incredible. And then Gunner, um, man, he threw a pick. Um, but, you know, once again, gameplay, when, when he's being aggressive, he's making the read. And every now and then, you know, quarterbacks aren't perfect. And every now and then he's going to make mistakes. But, man, we can handle those kinds of mistakes. I will say this. I don't believe Gunner has made a mental mistake yet. I believe everything he's done – there's not been that interception, you know, that we saw maybe last year where you're just literally with your hands on your head going like, what was he looking at? You know, we had a few of those. I mean, Gunner, I feel like he's making the right read and he's making the right play. And, and you know, every now and then you're going to throw a pick. You're playing, you know, Division I uh, football opponents and, and they're going to make good plays. But, man, Gunner, when he needed to, threw a, threw a couple of dimes. I mean, he started off the very first play of the game with that play action and that pass to, to Harding that was just right on target. Um, and I've got nothing but great things to say about, about Gunner. I believe he is absolutely showing Duke fans uh, why he is the QB1 and probably should have been before he was named QB1. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at betonline.ag. It is that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the latest odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, open now at BetOnline. Head to the website and use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's brand new. That is brand new from our friends over at Bet Online. If you use promo code Locked On and sign up today, you receive a 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo and make a bet on Thursday, September 9th's season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using the promo code. NFL 100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all these great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Remember to use promo code locked on. Final non conference game coming up for Duke this weekend, two and one on the season as uh, the Kansas Jayhawks are now the opponent. This would be an amazing basketball game that we've seen a number of times uh, over the years between those two programs, but it's going to be on the football field. 
Josh, tell me about the Jayhawks. Well, uh, if you follow Kansas football, you know you know that they have not been successful in many, many years. Um, and their latest issue was with Les Miles, and he is gone. Um, and so they are, uh, they are now currently in a definite rebuilding mode. There is no question. Uh, Lance Leipold has taken over there, um, and they are one and two on the season. Their only victory was – um, uh, was, I believe, South Dakota um, early, the first game of the season. Uh, Coastal uh, beat them up pretty bad a couple of weeks ago. And here's the only thing I will say. Um, I believe their best playmaker is actually on defense, uh, Kenny Logan Jr. Uh, he's leading them in tackles. He's in the defensive backfield. He's uh, pass deflections, fumble, forced and recovered, things like that. Um, he, I believe he also plays a significant role in their return game. So Kenny Logan, somebody we need to keep our eye on. Kyron Johnson as well. He's the only uh, guy really, I believe, on the, on the defensive uh, line or linebacking crew. He plays a, a edge rusher there. Uh, we need to keep our eye on. And then on offense, uh, well, they had a running back, Velton Gardner, uh, who literally entered the transfer portal this week after their loss, which is pretty uh, ironic. Right. Um, but I will say, though, the only thing that makes me pause, there's only one thing, and that is the fact that Kansas does have a mobile quarterback. Uh, Jason Bean is not a great throwing quarterback. Um, he's only completing 56% of his passes. However, he's rushed for over 200 yards this season. He's averaging almost six yards a rush. He's got two rushing TDs. Uh, you know, this team, uh, we'll see, but historically – We've not been great against mobile quarterbacks. And so, you know, I think the chance that Kansas has to come in and maybe pull off a improbable upset, I mean, I believe we're 16 or 16.5-point favorites still right now. If they're going to pull it off, I think Kenny Logan has to do something on special teams for them, a score a touchdown on punt return or kick return, something like that. And then I believe uh, that their quarterback is just going to have to have an incredible game running the football. Um, so I think that's the only chance they have to beat us, to be honest with you, because uh, their program is right now about as bad as Duke was when Cutcliffe was hired. As we, we take a look at this game, it's always important, as, as you sort of brought up there, to, to go to Vegas and see what people are thinking. And you're right, Duke appears to be favored by 16, 16 and a half, 16 and a half wherever you look at it. The, the mobile quarterback is interesting because that just makes your defense have to worry about so many different other things taking place out there on the field. What are some other keys maybe for Duke to pick up a victory? Yeah, I believe that we just have to play conservative football. Um, I believe that we have to run the football. Kansas has given up a ton. Uh, they've given up about 100 yards more on the ground than what they gained. Uh, which is pretty a pretty terrible stat. They've given up about 50, I believe, yards uh, more passing. So they've given up on average in their first three games 150 more yards per game to their opponents. And their opponents have not been, you know, incredible. So, you know, South Dakota was one of them. So, like, uh, you know, Coastal's good, obviously. But anyway, uh, I believe that we just have to play good, solid football. I believe this could be a, another game. I know we, we we keep riding this train, but this could be another game that Mateo Durant absolutely goes bananas um, and has just a, a crazy stat line, um, and maybe even getting getting guys you know like Jordan Waters involved and in getting him a score. Uh, but I believe if we're content as a offense 
to rely on the run game, I believe we can we can win the game by just relying on our run game. Now, obviously, we know that that's going to turn into play action passing. That's going to turn into some openings down the field, um, and so we hope that that's what, where it, where it lands. But I think we have to commit to the run game and just be willing to win the game on the ground. And then on defense, I believe it's just all about containment. I, I would love to see us, and I, I don't really, to be honest with you, know um, what what uh, Albert and Guerrero's um, philosophy is. But, man, I'd love to see us just kind of put somebody like a Lummy Young um, kind of just spying on that quarterback and just uh, he, he takes the quarterback wherever the quarterback goes. That's where he's headed. Uh, I don't know if we do that. I don't believe we've done that in the past. But, man, I'd love to see a spy on him and, and just shut him shut him down. I do think one thing that could help us um, was, our, was a strong suit last year, and that is that we – the edge rushers really went up the field and went for sacks. This year, we're not necessarily doing that. I think that could help us possibly against a mobile quarterback. We keep a little bit more containment, um, and maybe he doesn't get those angles to get out and run. So I believe if we just come in and play good football, um, I believe we cover the spread. I believe we win by two to three uh, touchdowns and maybe even more if we start playing and clicking well. What's your official prediction? Uh, my official prediction, I'm, I'm trying to get the exact number down that I said on, the, on our podcast this week. I believe my, my number was 42 to 17. So 42 to 17, uh, Duke. And, you know, truthfully, it could be closer than that, depending on how the game goes. Or honestly, if we play well, it could be – if we play like we did in the first half against Northwestern, it could be more than that. It's probably smart to think that Mateo Durant is going to find the end zone this weekend. As you said, he's tied for the lead in the nation in non-quarterback touchdowns. Give me someone else, though. I want a prediction for someone that finds the end zone this week. I'm getting strong Jalen Calhoun or, or Eli Pankle vibes this week. We'll see. Jalen went out uh, with, an, with an injury. Um, Good point. I think he's going to play. I think he's going to play. Uh, we, I did get a little bit of an inside there okay. um, from somebody close to him. That, uh, that I believe that he's going to be okay. In fact, the issue was not a leg issue. Um, and so uh, I believe he's going to be okay. But I, I, would, I would agree with you. I'd like to see Eli uh, get in. He's a, he is a spark plug for this team. If Jalen can't go, uh, you're going to probably see John Tavius Robertson in that slot uh, area. But I'll give you a guy that I think is going to find the end zone because I think he needs some redemption. I think his confidence is shaking a little bit. Um, and I believe that's Jared Garner. I'd love to see – I would love to see our run game uh, suck their defense up so much that we can throw over the top. And I will say Jared can outrun any DB that we're facing. Um, and it's just a matter of the ball, ball being there and him catching it. But uh, that's going to be my guy. I'm going to look for Jared Garner this week uh, to score TD. I want people to blow you up on Twitter if that takes place, giving you all the praise if he's able to find the end zone. That's a good pick right there. That's a good yeah, I mean, Jarrett, Jarrett is a wild card because um, it's almost as if – and I don't know his story, to be honest with you, but it's almost as if Jarrett is just a freak athlete. And had he chosen to play another sport, he would have been successful in that sport. <laughs> he chose football, and he's just kind of that guy that – you know, you see NFL teams take a, you know, a basketball player, you know, and, and turn him into a tight end. Right. You, know, you see that often. Right. I think Jarrett is that kind of guy. I think he's a, I think he's a freak athlete. I probably could be a track star if he wanted to be so fast, but it's just a matter of that those hands catching up to everything else. And so uh, I think any given any given Saturday, no matter who the opponent is, I think Jared Garner has the speed to get past his man. So I think he's always a threat to score. Let's close it with this. You're from the Section 17 podcast with Duke Football Talk. It's Josh Cox joining us on Lockdown Blue Devils. 
a little teaser for what people can find if they're looking for a more Duke football content to lead up to the game versus Kansas. What'd you guys get into this week? Yeah, so we um, we interviewed Brian Haney, who is the play-by-play um, announcer for the Kansas Jayhawks basketball and football and baseball. He does all three of those. Uh, just an incredible guy. This weekend is actually Duke is honoring those that have uh, that are currently battling or have beaten pediatric cancer. And so uh, Brian uh, Kennedy, one of our co-hosts on our podcast, his son, three-year-old Harrison Kennedy, is currently, I believe he's in his 10th month. Uh, yeah, he was diagnosed on Christmas Eve uh, with leukemia. And so he's been fighting cancer, taking treatments. He is doing well, but he's obviously still in treatments. They were able to really talk about that. And actually, uh, Kansas does a fundraiser every year through their basketball program for pediatric cancer that Brian Haney, their play-by-play guy, heads up and kind of leads in. And so it was really neat there. So we talked a little bit about that and uh, and just kind of highlighted the fact that they're going to be at the game this, this uh, weekend and they're going to be honoring those kids. And I thought that was really neat. And then we, uh, we talked a little bit about our, our famous, our, our favorite famous Kansas alums. And uh, I'll let you listen to the podcast to find out who mine was, but let's just say I went the humorous route. Uh, the other guys went more legitimate <laughs> um, but, uh, but that's what we do. We try to do that every week and then obviously predictions and whatnot. And anyway, but we, we try to give you as deep, uh, Duke football content as we possibly can. Um, we, we try to give you things that maybe, um, as a fan that you may not have thought of, or you may not have uh, noticed small things. Maybe we actually brought up, um, the fourth down play where Gunner, um, hitting Nikki Dalmalin on the side route, and it came up a half yard short after they reviewed it. But just the fact that the throw was made, there was like a tiny little window there that he could throw that ball to. Not only did Gunner make the throw in the one spot he could throw it to, but Nikki made a diving catch and got his feet down before he went out of bounds. Like those types of things, yeah, we turn the ball over on downs, but we try to notice those things because, man, in the future when it's fourth and four and we need it, hey, we know we have a quarterback tight end connection there. So just we try to do a little bit of that. A deep dive a little bit every week uh, on the Section 17 podcast. You can find that podcast wherever you get your podcast, the Section 17 podcast, Duke Football Talking. It's been Josh Cox joining us on the program. Go Duke, my friend. Let's get a victory this weekend. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely, man. Have a great day. Josh Cox joining us here on Locked on Blue Devils. Thanks again to Josh Cox for joining us on the program today. Really appreciated his company and a lot of good insight about the Duke football team as they get ready for their game versus Kansas. Make sure you check out his show, the Section 17 Podcast. Really good stuff each and every week discussing Duke football. All right, it's time for Five Star Friday each and every Friday. I love to give Five Star Friday shout-outs. Leave us a five-star rating and review on the Apple Podcast platform so that I can show you some love. Greater WQ, five-star rating, lots of fun to listen to. JJ does a great job with content. Really appreciate that one. B. Olsen Nuevo, five-star review. Best Duke podcast around. JJ is killing the game right now. Can't wait to see where he takes the show. Easily the best Duke coverage I've seen anywhere. Thank you for that review. And then a big one here, Designing Nene left us a five-star rating and review. Go-to source for Duke basketball. I love this podcast. The host does interviews, former basketball and football players, former team managers, former tent line monitors in Kayville, current analysts, and countless others to present the fullest picture of Duke basketball. When you watch the Blue Devils play and wonder what life around the program is like, this is the podcast that answers your curiosity about all things Duke. Great show. Highly recommend 
with a five-star rating. That's very flattering. That's up from Designing Nene, a five-star rating and review on the Apple Podcast platform. Do that yourself so I could give you a shout-out on Five Star Friday. Thank you for all the reviews that we have been receiving lately, trying to become the best Duke Athletics podcast that there is here on the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is JJ Jackson. If you haven't done so already, check out all the other great shows we've got on the Locked On Podcast Network, particularly here in the state of North Carolina. Shout out to those Carolina Panthers last night, improving to 3-0 on the year with their win over the Houston Texans. Julian Council doing a great job with Locked On Panthers. Check out Locked On ACC with Candace Cooper as we get ready for another weekend of ACC football. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Send us questions for the Mailbag Monday edition of the show, either on Twitter, again, at LO underscore Blue Devils, or send an email, LockedOnBlueDevils at gmail.com. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you on Monday. Thank you and good day.